talking Philly sports, the Birds, Prem. They escaped Detroit with a win, despite the offense being outscored by Jared Goff and the Lions offense. But listen, I told everyone, it wasn't just hard knocks hype. This is a different Lions team. But nevertheless, a W in week one, a lot of good, a lot of bad. We'll cover it all. We will. Uh, Prem, what were your immediate takeaways from this one, starting with the Defense. Well, the defense, uh, initially, they got punched in the mouth, and they responded nicely. Three consecutive three and outs, followed by a pick six. So you're on the road. You get smacked in the mouth. The crowd's loud. You're thinking, wow, we might lose on the road. Yep. And your defense comes out and shuts the door. Nine consecutive plays, three three and outs for Jared Goff in this offense. Yep. Shut it down, and then they get the pick six on a deflection from Kaiser White to Bradbury, which gets all the juices flowing. Yeah, because, by the way, two... Off-season Howie signings. Yeah. It's, I mean, it was so great to see that. It was, it was. I mean, it's exactly what we have anticipated happening. Uh, Bradbury had a good through. game, all things considered. He really did. Uh, you know, I think it was an endurance thing mostly. You know, uh, they just were tired at the end of the game. They haven't been playing full games. They played one series in the preseason, and th- these guys are, are human. I mean, I know they do cardio and they're working out, but, you know, cardio on a bike or running and practicing is way different than game intensity. Hitting and Hitting tackling. when you're going against a team that has been doing that for 30 days, it plays a big role. Who would have thought uh, practicing tackling is yeah, such a right. big thing well, in it's, football? What you can blame is the <laughs> is the uh, Players Association, the collective bargaining agreement, which has really made these practices like more like just like uh, come hang out and talk football and laugh. Yeah, um, but not for Detroit. No, or, not for Detroit. I mean, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's the problem. It seemed like there were no walkthroughs for that team. But Minnesota had a similar offseason that we had in terms of preparation. Right. So I like that for the endurance factor. And they really didn't have to play a full four quarters against Green Bay because they were well they had that game well in hand early. Right. Yeah. So they Which could was surprising. they took their foot off the gas, whereas the link's gonna be intense on, on Monday night. I know it's a home opener, it's a it's an evening primetime game. I think that the fact that Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown have the star power, I think that could be it could be enough to get you the coin flip win because this is a coin flip game to me. I hear you. It's yeah. just a coin flip. I, I, I can mean, make a case for either team winning and their logical cases. I'm gonna stay on the defense for a second and I, I actually think you're right. In the beginning, the defense Got punched in the mouth early, which I was afraid of. You were. And and it happened. And then we came out, and we made nothing happen on offense, and I got worried. I know you did. And then the defense came out, and that's when they shut the door. And then they, they the stopped door. them again. Right. Yes. And, and, and by then, we started to move the ball. Um, yeah, because you outscored them 31-7. to Yeah, but then you get to the third quarter. There's, there's a little under three minutes left, and all of a sudden— the wheels fall off. Yeah, it was weird. And you see a total defensive collapse now. I saw a total team collapse from that point on because it seemed like— They didn't score more points. It seemed like when once once the Eagles got to 38, that was it. And that was early. By the fourth quarter, the foot was off of the gas. Yeah. And— there's ten. There's ten plus minutes left in the game, and you just can you can see Sirianni on the sidelines, 
non-aggressively just trying to milk the clock. It's yeah, you're too supposed much to, time you're on the You're supposed clock. to put your foot on the throat of a team. I mean, they should Absolutely. they should have scored 50 points in that at, game. At least 45 when, when points. It's, when it's 38-21 and you get the ball back, that first and 10 should be a bomb to A.J. Brown. Because you, you got nothing to lose. Yes, you should have put up at least another score. You need, you need to break a 40-burger before you take your foot off the gas with 10 minutes to go in a game. Yes. You do. Jonathan Gannon, uh, his scheme, I'm concerned. Um, and all my my preseason concerns, they showed up in living color. Um, I was flabbergasted. It's too early to be concerned, though, Tech. I'll tell you why. I, I, simple. They just haven't played much together as a unit. And now you have a brand new safety that wasn't there at all for the walkthroughs that they did. The, the weak little walkthroughs we're complaining about. The, the, the star safety now wasn't even there for all that. He's brand new. I know. Like, these guys are all new together. It's the first time they're playing intense football together. It's almost like it don't matter who the coach is. These guys have to figure it out between themselves on the field. And it takes reps. But they were blitzing. Uh, they, they weren't were, getting home enough. They were up 31-14, and the blitz stopped. Yeah, you got to stay, you gotta stay aggressive. I, I agree with that part. Gannon's supposed to stay aggressive. Right. Put uh, Really put the foot on the throat. And where in the world was Hassan Reddick? I didn't watch the tape, so I'm just going off of what I saw in real time. Reddick was seemingly playing out of position most of the time. He was on the field. I saw him lined up as an edge for a number of snaps, where he then proceeded to... Drop back in coverage. My yeah. worst fears I came know. to life. I know. Um, and it was something I was hoping wouldn't happen, but somehow with Gannon, I knew it would. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I think it's going to be a different approach every week. Um, whereas they dropped him into coverage maybe to confuse Jared Goff, and Goff is more of a confusable quarterback than a guy like Kirk Cousins, and I can make that case. You're, but Hassan Reddick is not good in coverage. He's not I, would, good, I wouldn't he, say that. He's, he's a pro bowl linebacker, a pro bowl edge rusher, whatever you want to call it. That year when he went to the, to, to the pro bowl, he was predominantly used as a sack guy. He should, as a, he as should a be rusher. rushing. He should, he be, should rushing. have been rushing the quarterback. Yeah, I agree. And I think they're going to adjust that I th- because I think the, the game plan is different for every team. Yes. You know what I mean? Your Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff are completely different beasts. Kirk Cousins, you you <laughs> need to bring your best edge rusher if you're playing Kirk Cousins. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh Jordan Davis, he played 20 some snaps. He didn't look great. Um they seem to be worried about his conditioning already. We're in week 1 here. And and I'm expecting to see Jordan Davis more. Well, he's a rookie. I get it. You know, you got Hargrave and Fletcher, your top two. But they do play more of a rotation. It's more like 1A, 1B out there. They, they shuffle them a lot. Yes. Um, they use all four. They do. So that'll continue. I think Jordan Davis, again, It's I try not to overreact too much with one football game. And not even and Brandon Graham, he got double the snaps that Jordan Davis, but he he wasn't in the game a whole lot. No, they're not effective. They were not rushing well. Good. He was a little cringeworthy. Um, I'm not confident in his return. At yeah, least not yet. I, I agree with you. Um, I need to see more explosion. If if the only way they beat the Vikings is is if they get pressure. Yes, there's no other way because when there's you have no a running way. back like Dalvin Cook, and you're not, if you're not getting pressure, and and uh, as much as I like DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook, he's a better running back. Is a better running. This he is, is another level. I mean, it's guy. very it's very close. It's, it's very close. It's they're, close. There's a few running backs between them. Yeah, I think. Ta- talent wise, they're both probably they're both top twelve guys. Talent wise, top. 10. I think so. Um, but so if you don't get pressure on Kirk, you're in trouble. It's, it, with Jefferson out there, I know we have top flight corners, but. 
A bit different well, facing, well, Slay facing got Jefferson. cooked by a second-tier guy. Yeah, on, that, one, on one play. On one play. On one play. On one-on-one on one coverage. Yeah, I, I was not thrilled about that. Bradbury held his own. These guys are going to continue to get better, especially in the secondary. The secondary is all about trust. Yes, it is. It really is. Like they, they don't have. I don't think they've developed that yet because they, they don't. Maddox it's impossible. didn't look great. Maddox blew some coverages and he missed some tackles, and it was really you got to get through. You got to get through five weeks at three and two. Yes, and then you're then you're at that point. Your team is starting to shape up, and they're going to improve. On the team's going to be a whole different team in November, for example. Oh, you know what I, I mean? believe that. In totally. terms of like how they're yes. executing on defense, I agree with you. They're going to improve. You just gotta you gotta tread water in September enough, and your teams you're playing are not blowing the cover off the the yes. stadium. Yes. Um, but Washington is going to be tougher than expected. But even you know, like the preseason, you know, I when when you say look, they missed a lot of tackles, and that is a direct result of not practice, of not practicing tackling. Not practicing tackling. You're completely correct. But you're not even playing starters enough in the preseason to get those tackles in in live action. No, you're not. You're not getting... I mean, so it's... I hated four preseason games, but I almost feel like it's necessary, and I almost think starters need to play a half like they used to. And I, I know... You don't want to get guys hurt, but then you risk not really being fully prepared. Yeah, you're right. For though week one. you're right. I mean, it's a trade off because you don't you don't want your stud quarterback to get hurt in a preseason game. Right. And speaking of getting hurt, Derek Barnett tore his ACL. He's done for the year. Yeah, sad to hear about Derek Barnett. You know, hopefully he has a speedy recovery. He had a good camp. You never he, want to hear that. You know, he, you was, know? he was looking. Better. I fully expect uh, Howie to make a move for an edge well, rusher. Right now, it looks like Teron Jackson's next man up, but. You know, he just he he restructured a bunch of contracts, and it looks like there's like I don't know, a little under twelve million in cap space. You would got you, money. Would you go after Jean Pierre Paul? Would I mean, <laughs> why not? Why not? Would you situational pass rusher? What about Odell Beckham? Would you go after? No, Odell you don't Beckham? need. You don't need Odell. Beckham. I know you know. You know I mean, not, that's. Let me rephrase. It's not that you don't need Odell Beckham. I just don't think he would add to the team. Not right now. Yeah. I, I look at the problems on this team, and in years past, you could say it, but not this year. Wide receiver is not an issue. No, on this it's squad. not. And you, not you right wonder now. why Devontae, You know, he didn't get any any grabs in the game, and it could be. Resolved a few things. It could have been just a coverage on him was well, good. Yeah, he dropped the pass he early. He did drop the and one then he, pass. And then he was invisible the rest of the game. Yeah, but. you know, that, that'll that be a very rare occurrence, I think. Yeah, they'll get him going early next week. All right, before we, we talk offense, um, here's what Nick Sirianni said after the game about his communication with defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. On the defense. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll talk to them about, you know, situational things, you know, here and there. Uh, you know, they're the ones that studied it all week, though, right? And, you know, we talk early in the week, and I talk to them early in the week about about things that are, and I, as an offensive coach, it's, it's not my expertise. Prem, I think that that is alarming to hear that. I'm yeah. alarmed by it. Yeah, when, you, when you're a head coach of a football team, you're a head coach of a football team. You're yes. not a head coach of the offensive plan. Only. Right. So I get why you're, con- you're concerned about that. I also think that Nick is a, he's like a sensitive kind of guy sometimes in terms of he like loves his, his guys. Yes. And I feel like he's kind of like deferring in a sense to his defensive guy, like saying like, well, ask Gannon about the defense because that's my guy for that. I feel like that's in there too, but partially. Would, would, would Bill... Parcells, would Bill Belichick, would well, of course Sean not. Payton, of course not. would these guys go, not. these are guys that would go into that room 
with their coordinator and and rule with an iron fist. Here, here's the we irony. We need to change this. Yeah, here, here's the irony here with that statement about, uh, you know, I'm not an expert on defense. If you're an expert on offense, then by default, you need to be an expert on defense too. <laughs> yes. Because you're, you're yes. drawing your offense up to pick apart a defense. Yes. But you can't pick apart a defense if you don't understand the scheme. You got to know what you're looking at. So I think uh, he knows what he he knows what he's looking at. I, I hope. think he was deferring to just like ask me about the team, ask me about Hurts, ask me about performances individually, but right. save the defensive schematic questions for my defensive schematic guys. I think that's like kind of what he meant to convey. I don't know that that the Hall of Fame head coaches I named would do that though. no they never would they, they never would, would they would have a, a more clever retort yeah for sure for um sure. all right let's flip to the offense Jalen Hurts he won this game and I don't want to say single-handedly but god damn it it Close felt like it. that I mean it, it I mean look he kept drives alive himself he made some rather elite throws that he wasn't able to make last year he had the highest uh completion percentage of passes past the sticks in the NFL in wow. week one. And that was a PFF tweet. I identified only four throws that were bad There throws. was one where he should have let, I forget who it was, if he would have let him, it was a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it was he, AJ. I, AJ, right. He, he had to be a shoestring catch down a sideline. That was a Donovan McNabb throw. That's a touchdown. If you <laughs> if you lead McNabb him, throw. he has one man to beat. And yeah. AJ Brown is beating an undersized safety yes. 99 times out of 97. Instead, you threw at his ankles and, he, and it looked like a one hop in live action. But yeah, you're right though. Hurts, 320 plus total yards, accounted for uh, a touchdown on the ground. We had three other rushing touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns touchdowns in the game, yeah. did not turn the ball over once, made smart decisions when he was out of the pocket, didn't take stupid losses. I mean, no, well, there, yeah. there was one play, but there was one play he, that he, infuriated large, me because he had Dallas Goddard open in the middle of the field. And that, and that actually happened multiple times. I watched uh, a Baldy breakdown. I watched a few things on, on Twitter from different experts that posted some stuff. And Goddard was open a lot more than he got the ball thrown to him. Yeah. So, yeah, but Hurts has to go through his progressions still. Yeah, he still isn't going through all the progressions. He still isn't seeing guys like Goddard. Um, and I got I got to tell you, I don't think it's all on Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's being coached to see these open guys. Well, they're looking at the film. You know, he, they're breaking down every play. It's just this college offense, I don't think he's being coached to go through all I know the, what you mean. All, they're, all they're not running enough plays where it's just under center, five-step drop, go through your reads. It's, it's all high-low. It's all like what's in front of him, and he takes off. It's like it's like a college-style offense. that It's like he's not being coached to read the progressions the way we want to see him read those progressions. He's yeah. not Josh Allen, and he'll never be Josh Allen. Well, we don't know that. I don't think as a quarterback he'll ever be. I think... I think Jalen Hurts isn't as much of a quarterback purely as he is a playmaker. Just a good, yeah, a, he's a playmaker, playmaker. Right, he's a game breaker. And I yeah. think that's why the offense is the way it is because they're tailoring it around his skill set. Yes. Um, but at the same time, he can stand in the pocket and deliver a deep ball. We saw that. Yeah, So I, I just want to see it more. The, and then there was this idea, I was listening on the radio, that Hurts just had an okay game. I think that's completely absurd. That's the most garbage take I've ever heard. Yeah, we know numbers don't lie, but... 
they don't always tell the whole story. Right, and, and with right, this right, game, right, right. No passing touchdowns, but you scored four touchdowns. Right. If anybody is is quarterbacking the Eagles other than Jalen Hurts on Sunday, that's a loss. Unless you're talking about like Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. Uh, I'm talking like about the guys other, that are the other available mobile, the to other, the Eagles. I got you. If, I got if you. you're talking about Gardner Minshew or any other guy that you think that's is a, a better loss. passer. That's a loss. Yeah, it's a loss. No question. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. Absolutely. Um, and A.J. Brown, not only was he electric, I mean, that is, and this isn't even hyperbole, This that is the best Eagles receiver we've seen since T.O. With Without doubt, and I'll get to AJ in numbers don't lie. Yes, as it returns. As it returns this week, next gen finally, stats are back. They're back weekly. We'll have the best next gen stats recaps involving birds. Right. So we talk about sloppiness, both really on on offense and defense, both sides of the ball, really sloppy. But when you look around the league, it's not just the Eagles. Most of the quote unquote really good or quote unquote playoff projected teams uh, lost. Right. Green Bay. You're Look right. at Green Bay. That's week one in the NFL. I, I predicted the Bears upset over San Francisco, and I hit I didn't big on a parlay. I that was going to happen. Good, that's a good one to bring up. I thought the 49ers would win that game. It was just, a mud bowl. That's why. I mean, Justin Fields. Soldier Field. Yeah, and, and Justin Fields is coming along. I mean, he, he struggled a little bit in that game, that's but he's why coming I thought, along. I thought that the upset pick was good because I thought he was a, he's a little too underrated. You know, people just assume that he's always just going to be this awful young quarterback, but the kid's young still. Yeah, and he does have an arm. He does. He does have an arm. He does have a cannon. Uh, Okay. I'm not going to overreact. You know I overreact. Usually. Usually. Uh, I'm not really going to overreact beyond the facts of what we saw. I'll take week one as a road win with virtually no preseason and a very scaled-down training camp. Big time. Uh, I'm, I continue to be worried about their preparation, and I'm a little concerned about this coaching staff's ability to get them up for these these games with these good teams. Well, on Monday night, they're going to get up for that one. Well, That's they the face, home opener. They face tech. a better quarterback, a better running back, a better receiver, and not to mention a better defense. They do. They do, and that's but you're at home. You're in a, a better environment. I agree. And with not you. only that, you got the uh, you shook off the cobwebs per se, especially defensively, and those guys left kind of embarrassed. And what happens yeah. when professional guys get embarrassed? They work harder. They work harder. And I, I, I think to- you're going to come out and you're going to see possibly like a three, a couple three and outs early for the Vikings defense and the crowd. Well, that would really like, be reassuring. I think you'll see that. Especially but especially if we can capitalize, if the birds yeah. capitalize off of some early mistakes. Yeah. That I think it's really I think it's helpful. possible, but then I think in the fourth quarter you'll see a frantic comeback, and Kirk Cousins is good at that. Yep. you have to have you have to have a fourteen point lead in the fourth quarter against Kirk Cousins after Sunday. Now, now don't take this as jumping out the window. I'm not jumping off the bridge. I have Monday night circled as a loss. Okay? Did you have it before the season as a loss? Uh, I had it as a question mark. Okay, right. But I I now. After what I saw, I can only go off what I saw. I right. see this as a loss, but I see it as a teachable moment for a bunch of new guys who haven't played together. And the sky won't be falling. No. They could still end up 5-1 and one or even 4-2. and two, So there's no reason to panic. No, no reason to panic at all. But I think you're going to see playmakers make plays at home in prime time. I think A.J. Brown, so. AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts are prime time players. Like, they just fit the primetime build. They do. I think they're going to get Devontae Smith going early. You're going to see a really nice pass to Devontae 
early. I hope so. I, I think I think that they really are primetime guys that can rise can rise to the occasion. I knew. I just knew in my bones that they were going to get Miles Sanders a touchdown early in this in yeah. th- this past week. And Miles, how about on, Miles? I, I just knew based on what happened to him last season, where he didn't have any touchdowns. Yeah. that they were going to get him a touchdown in the very first game yeah. in the first half. I, I was I was it. happy to see Miles uh, do what he did, and he'll, yep. he'll he'll also get mentioned in numbers. Don't lie, as he usually does. He, he is a mainstay. The, the kid has very very good measurables um, when it comes to explosiveness. Yeah, uh, and and um, just breaking tackles in the open field. There it is. We'll be joined on the vet line by our good buddy Vince Quinn from the Bell and the Birdmen for this week's edition of Wednesday Afternoon Quarterback. But first, brought to you by Proline Music and Fairless Hills Academy of Music, it's time for Vet Fact. This is a Vet Fact. Well, Tech, you know, when I look for these days in Philly's history at the Vet, I usually look first at the 1980 team because that was our first World Series champion. (laughs) Yeah. And I just so happened to find that on September 14th, 1980, the Phils would knock off the St. Louis Cardinals, who they might see in the first round of the playoffs this year. <laughs> they would win the game 8-4, to surviving a late comeback attempt by the Cardinals, who trailed 7-0 heading into the top of the 8th. And get this, they scored four runs in the top of the 8th. But then the Phils answered back, added an insurance run in the bottom of the 8th, and they would win 8-4. to Schmitty went 1-3. for three. Bake McBride, two for three with a three-run blast in the third inning. You always love to hear Bake McBride's name. (laughs) Yeah. Charlie Hustle, Pete Rose, as usual on the stat sheet, two for three with a ribby. Wow. And just overall, this Phillies team, they they just knew how to win games. Yes, they did. They got a solid performance from Marty Bystrom going seven innings, allowing (laughs) no runs, only striking out two. Must have been a lot of ground balls and pop-ups, man. Yeah. Had to be. September 14th, 1980, the Phils knock off the visiting St. Louis Cardinals in front of 30,137. A 213 local start time might have been a uh, rain delay day game. Wow. 213. 213. There you you have it, Tech. All right, so just, you know, just briefly, let's stay on the Phils for a second. Uh, Prem, Schwarber is still batting leadoff. It's a complete head-scratcher for me. Uh, Of course they swept the Nationals, uh, and now they got the Marlins. I think in order for them to win 90 games, um, you think they're going to have to bank on the Astros fielding a triple-A team in that last series Well, maybe. I mean, you only have to go 11-10. Uh, and 10. I think— 11-10. and 10, I think— Because you got the win last night against the Marlins. Well, if Houston— If Houston— They snuck out with the win against the yes, Marlins. If Houston fields a, a real team, I don't know— that they necessarily win that series. I got them clocking in. You know what it was? That won't matter. Though. They'll I probably be, them, be clinched by that. I had them at 87 wins before that third Nationals game. I thought they were going to just take two out of three and we were going to get a letdown. Now I got them at 88 wins. I got them at 88 you wins. You think they're going to finish from here with a losing record is what you think? That's and that's crazy to me. Because Maybe. I think they easily go 11 and 10 down the stretch. All right. That's all you got to do. And you win 90 games. But that's aside to the fact that they're probably going to win enough to keep this second spot and see uh, Atlanta or New York in the first round. Because if you get the second wild card, you're going to Atlanta or New York. But here's a good thing about if you go to Atlanta. We're about to play them six more times 
real close. Seven. Seven, right. Seven real, more time. real close to when we would play them in, in a playoff I think, I think we win three of those games. That's fine with me. I All mean, because right. in a seven-game series, you know, you're going to go to seven with those teams. I think we'll have a letdown against Toronto. We'll have a letdown against the Cubs. Um, well, the Cubs uh, played the Mets really, really, really tough this week. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think much of the Cubs, but I think that we'll have a letdown game against them. I still think we could take two of three. But well, I they've been us, beat. They've been taking two or three from all the bad teams. I got us tapping out at eighty-eight. Okay, no, it's fine. Maybe I, I, it happens. Either way, they're going to make a playoff spot, and we're yeah. going to have playoff baseball for the first time in a long we'll time. Playoff we actually have playoff baseball to get excited about this late into September. The I, hunt for red October. It's on it's, the horizon. It's coming, and we're going to have games to get really excited about. It's just true. I mean, but you're right though. After Miami this week, which you should win the series, at least take two or three. You got three in Atlanta. Then you get a homestand though. Two against Toronto at home. You split that series. Then you got four at home against Atlanta. Split that. Then you could sweep the Cubs. <laughs> I don't think we sweep the... I'm telling you. Not I think, a regular. You're right. I think there'll be a letdown game. Two or three. Game. Two or three. Yeah, I, I give him two or three. The bottom line is Tech, Phillies performed as we anticipated they could perform this season. When you look at the total picture, you know they lead all of baseball with runners in scoring position, batting average. They're, you know they hit better than the Dodgers and Astros Yeah, I mean, as a team. Do you know that? 278. That, that's very uh, they have the insane best, considering they have the best average in baseball. how many players the Phillies tend to leave on base. Well, that just makes you wonder how explosive they could be against these good teams in the playoffs. They, they are better than the Dodgers with men on base statistically. That's wild to me. I just learned that today, by the way. It, hopefully... You know, in the offseason, they can trade Reese Hoskins and get a starting pitcher. You trade Reese and Painter and bring me Otani. Wow. Would you do that? I don't know. In a heartbeat. Really? You add Shohei Otani. But would, would they do that? You trade Otani, immediately sign him to a 10-year contract. Would, would, if you're the Angels, would you do that deal? Do you do you think that highly of, of Andrew Painter? Well, you're trying to... Bank on a rebuilding team because I think Painter could come in and easily be a fourth starter next year. Could I halfway mean halfway through the year? Halfway through. I, the I year. guess what I'm getting at, maybe you have to add a little bit to the package. But what I'm getting at is I when think you, you get are a starting pitcher for Reese Hoskins, because you're certainly not going to extend him for twenty million. You're not no, going to do that. I mean, when you when you get when you get a team like we have this year that really truly is one top flight pitcher and maybe one more bat away from. Winning a World Series. Yeah. Then you go get that in one guy. <laughs> Think about it, Tech. The Phillies are one bat and one arm, in my opinion. If I'm the Angels, I just don't know that I do that deal. You got to give me more than just those two guys. Yeah, probably. But but the Phillies have the bandwidth right now to do it. If Middleton really wants to win, you go and get Shohei Otani. It's wow. the only move to me. Because you uh, can you, do you, it. You hit me with a doozy. You can do it. You can do it. I was it. prepared to get, get hit the vet line. We got we got uh, the mighty Vince Quinn on hold. I was prepared to go to the vet line right away, but it just hit me. You blindsided because me imagine with a doozy. This. Imagine this. You're going Wheeler, Otani, Nola, and then either Suarez, Painter, or Falter, and then five. <laughs> I don't care who it is. And then you have Dominguez back. Looked great last night against the Marlins. Three up, yeah. three down against the Marlins. Looks like he's healthy. He's fine. You you slide in Otani then also on your lineup as well in the nights he's not pitching. Ooh. Right there in the four hole. Just put him four right after Harper, right before Schwarber. I mean, you're winning a World Series if you do that. Oh, man, here we go. You can't debate it. It's true. All right, let's hit the vet line. Talk to the mighty Vince Quinn. 
on this week's Wednesday afternoon quarterback next. Pro line music. Pro line music. Located at 490 Lincoln Highway in Fairless Hills, PA. Pro line music. Everything for the musician. Carrying all major brands. You find a better price, we'll beat it. Offering lessons in person or virtual. On site repair service center. Rental recording studio. Pro line music. Call 215 736 8055. One more time. 215 736 8055. Yes, sir. Pro Line music, pro line music, pro line music. Everything for the musician. Vet alumni. That's my quarterback. Joined on the vet line by Vince Quinn, content coach at Sandbox Productions, <laughs> and of course, partner at Bell and the Bird Men, formerly of 94 WIP. Vince, thanks for taking the time to talk birds again. Gentlemen, good to hear from you. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're excited. It's always nice to win the first game of the year. It doesn't matter how you do it because well. at the end of the year, <laughs> it's on the left side of the column, and that's all that yeah. matters. But we, we have some concerns. Uh, Vince, just give me your overall recap of where you're at with this team after the first week of football. Yeah, I mean it's it's weird because I think the Lions suck, generally speaking, right? They're just they're they're just not talented in, in a lot of places, but they played their ass off on Sunday and uh their offensive line in particular was killing the Eagles. So like I, I look at it and I, I think ultimately I feel pretty bad about where the defense is at this point, all things considered, and I feel a lot better about the offense. Yeah, I, I echo that. I, I think that because that was the first time that team ever played meaningful football together, that unit, you know, I think that you were seeing uh, some uncertainty when decisions have to be made yeah. with the speed of a millisecond uh, when you face guys like DeAndre Swift, for example. Um, who stood out to you, if anybody did, on defense that you came away saying, you know what, that was actually at least a good performance from that that defender as opposed to the unit? Yeah, uh, shout out to Marlon Tuokalatu for just seeing the field as much as he did. Jesus Christ, what was that about? <laughs> I know that he. I didn't expect that at all. Yeah. No, nobody in the world expected that. And I was like, wait, all right, Taron Jackson's inactive, and yet here's Tua Pilatu. I've heard literally nothing about this entire year and kind of forgot he was on the team. And suddenly he's playing more snaps than Jordan Davis. He's the main guy, like, protecting his son, Rick. It was just like, what the – where the hell did this come from and why is he playing so much? So, again, shout-out to Marlon. Uh, anybody else, like, I don't know, Kaiser was running around and made a couple of plays when, when he wasn't swallowed up by offensive linemen yeah so I, I think he played pretty well and he led to the pick six so I'll give him a shout out yeah yeah Kaiser definitely a playmaker um and I know you were there with Barchard and Philly sports yeah! trips so what, yeah. what was the uh Philadelphia Eagle fan presence like in Detroit 
So, yeah, it's funny because there were plenty of Eagles fans there, like walking around in the building, just seeing people as we were we were just making our way through, walking into the stadium, seeing people in the tailgate lot. Uh, our section had a good number of Eagles fans naturally because that's just kind of what, what we're doing with Philly sports trips. But, like, uh, as loud as they were, it's funny because the Lions fans were so goddamn loud, yeah. guys. Yeah. Like, Yes, they were. I mean, look, my my takeaway from the crowd was if the Lions ever become like a playoff-esque type of team, that is going to be a tough place to play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus The ghost of Henry Ford. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the last time they were good. Henry Ford was still alive. He was. Yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 crazy though, because yeah, they were so jacked up, and it was loud as shit, especially early. But then when they rallied late, it was super loud again, and it was mm. it was the loudest I've ever experienced personally at a game. Was those Lions fans wow. on Sunday? That's that says a lot. That does say that, a that lot. says a lot. Coming from a guy that attended Eagles playoff games, yeah. It's, it, it sounded loud on the on the TV broadcast. It, did. it, it did. really did. Vince, where yeah. are you at with the and Vikings? That, what are we doing with the Vikings? Is this oh a coin flip? It's a coin flip boy. to me. Well, I can't call it. I wasn't at that game. I wasn't at Eagles Vikings, so that maybe I, uh, that would have been louder. But like, man, I, it, it was just crazy. And that's why when you look at the offense, all the problems they had too many men in the huddle, and like guys kind of going like, all right, am I on this play? Am I not on this play? They couldn't audible. They had to run the silent count pretty much all yeah. game. All yeah. Start, like. That was the Lions fans, man. There's, there's just no other way to put it. Like, some of that you would think is naturally week one, and it's a young team and all, so maybe that's a part of it. But Lions fans were just out of control for that game. Vince, the O-line um, wasn't great. I mean, for to be called the best O-line in football and to come yeah. out really struggling in pass protection, Hurts spent most of the game running for his life. Uh, Sam Alu, uh, he got mauled. Uh, my question, how long before Cam Jurgens takes over at right guard? Ooh. Oh man, I I don't know if that happens. I, I mean, I don't know, I don't think is, so either. And, I, <laughs> and I I love Jurgens. I I think he's a badass, and and we're gonna love him once he really gets time as a starter. But yeah. man, uh, I think Sam Miles is a good player. And part of it is again, like I just tip my cap to Detroit for some of this. They played their asses off. They really man. did. I mean, yeah, they played guys, hard. Guys, they were they were just, and it wasn't just like one or because a lot of times when you play a bad team and they give you a tough game, it's like one or two guys just wreck the game and you can't do anything about it. And there's no single guy I can look at on Detroit and go, you know, he really gave the Eagles problems. Like it was just everybody was all over the place. They sent pressure like crazy. Yeah, I mean, they just didn't give a shit. They played really like reckless all-in football and, and it almost won in the game so credit to them yeah yeah, yeah they, I, they were a reflection of their head coach yes speaking yeah. of head, speaking of head coaches oh uh, here we go Nick Sirianni he made some comments after the game when asked about the defense he said uh that's on the defensive coaches he asked questions but that's not his area oh, of expertise boy, oh boy uh, is that concerning to you at all Vince are, are you not alarmed by by those comments well, yeah, it's complete bullshit, guys. I mean, like, let, let's be real about this. He's the, he's the fucking head coach. He's yeah. the head coach of the team, and he's, he's not calling plays. So if he was sitting there calling plays all the time, he'd be like, yeah, busy doing all that shit. Like, I, I, like that's my side. This isn't Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz. This is Nick Sirianni, figurehead, being able to be involved with a little bit of everything and making sure all the situations are handled properly and just doing general head coach stuff instead of offensive coordinator who is also a head coach stuff. So – 
for him to say that all this stuff is on the defense when he's involved in all of this throughout the week is just patently ridiculous. And he's just trying to spare Gannon some some heat, I think, is really what he's doing. He doesn't want to crush him in a press conference in front of everybody because there wasn't a whole lot you could say about Gannon that was very good. Well, I think I think most of the problem on Sunday was the fact that we did not perform in the preseason but for one series as uh, a unit defensively and offensively right yeah. the lions have been playing hard football for a month and right. we talked about it beforehand about that possibly being a problem but that showed in the fourth quarter that endurance over 30 days that they built up by hitting we were not playing real football no we weren't tackling we weren't hitting and they were uh, doing both of them v- vince is there any validity to that in your mind do you, do you agree with that uh, some of the shape, it could be part of it for sure. I mean, if the conditioning is just better, it's, I mean, it's a pretty good argument to make. So I, I really don't have nothing for you on that. But the other side of it, like looking at the tackling, I think part of it was the, the, the Lions just had linemen and blockers like tight ends and all just everywhere. And it felt like there were so many missed tackles just because they were tackling around guys constantly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if there was a running back goes through a hole, linebacker is squared up, he's ready to receive the hit. And then the linebacker just gets bulldozed or, or misses the hit entirely. Like that didn't happen a lot. And you see that with bad teams, yeah. guys in the secondary, they're going to miss a tackle and somebody runs for an extra 15, 20 yards. Like it, it was it wasn't a lot of one-on-one stuff where it happened. It felt like it was just all this pile stuff, and those guys constantly broke out of it. So I, I think part of it, and we talked about this. I was talking with John about this a little bit earlier today. It's just like it, it's just the structure of it I don't think is any good, and that's the problem when you spend all offseason and don't have a ton of snaps in it where you've decided to be a 3-4 team, and that's where you want to be. But also you're a 4-3 half of the time, and you're rotating everybody constantly in the front four or front yeah. five. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just all over the place, and you're constantly – playing a different style of football on the defensive line based on those formations. So, like, who are you? What are these guys doing? Are they able to just, on a dime, switch from one mode of playing to another, play in and play out in the heat of a moment in a loudest shit crowd? Like, I clearly not. Clearly not. Unreal. Unreal how the defense just fell apart, though, like that at the end. A complete collapse. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you at with this week? Monday Night Football... Look, looking ahead, Monday night, Vince, they'll see a better quarterback, better running back, a better receiver, and a better defense. So now, be objective, Vince. Who who wins this game? Well, yeah, right now, who's playing better football after one week? It's the Vikings. So that's, I mean, that's that's a simple fact of the matter. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Like it, that's the weird thing because the Eagles are so talented. You know, it's yeah. like I look at them and I go, okay. They can they can make mistakes and they can have some problems with this because they're just they're just good enough. Like say what you want about Jalen Hurts, he won them the game because he, he was such a good runner. He just yeah. all these broken plays and whether it's bad scheme or the guys couldn't block or or the Lions were just busting them up. Whatever the fuck was happening, like he yeah. was constantly just all right. Let me run for 15 yards here on a third down where the pass isn't available. I'll still run for the first down. So like they don't they don't have to play top of the line football yet. Like they can get away with some nonsense because they're just more talented than everybody. And I think they're going to work to get better. So it's just how much of that was like first week stuff. How much of that was being in a road environment versus a home environment. How are the Vikings going to handle playing in Philly? Right. Obviously five years of the Super Bowl and all that. Like the, uh, Jalen Rager coming back to town. People oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, 
as much as he might not play any snaps really at all anyway, maybe he fumbles a kickoff and we recover it or something. So I don't know. Like, there's just I, right now Minnesota is playing better football and, and the Eagles have to make serious adjustments. But speaking Ooh. to what you're saying, you're right. Like, when the play breaks down and Jalen is just running for his life, it just becomes backyard football. And yeah. when you're faster than everybody and you're playing backyard football, that's really all it comes down to. Yep. In, in that environment, when you're literally running for your life, you have no blocking. He has the tools to actually make it happen. And if it wasn't for him and A.J. Brown, we do not win that football game. And we're having a way different conversation right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, Way different. Oh, so yeah. I can, I can only imagine. It's a total meltdown if they lose. Oh, total meltdown. Total meltdown. So uh, looking around the league a little bit, who do you think is a surprise team this year that's going to be a little better than we expected? All right, this is this is a weird answer because the team sucks and ultimately the record's not going to be good. But the Falcons did some really fun shit on Sunday. That's impressive, right? Yeah, right. I was looking at, the, I was following. I have Sunday ticket and I was checking in every now and then, and I was li- thinking, wow, the, the Falcons might win this game. I was, yeah, they, they were really competitive. They oh, were no. chucking the ball all over the field. Mariota was running a little bit. He was yeah. throwing bombs. Uh, Cordell Patterson was just a monster in that game, man. Like, what a career he's had in the weirdest way. Yeah, he so, really has. He really has. He's almost like a, a, a what is he type of player. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's worked out because it was like five years or so where he was just a complete bust and, and he wasn't anything. And then Belichick was like, I'm just going to play him at running back and see what happens. And then it saved his career. He's well, just, yeah, he's it been makes a, a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense when you can return like that. He was a great returner first. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think that's a reasonable uh, response after week one. There were some interesting results around the league. Um, I think the Birds have a coin flip chance to win this game. Tech, where are you at with it? I see an L this week. But, but. The sky won't be falling after this No, loss. no, of course not. And I agree, Vince. I think they're going to continue to get better and gel more. Um, but we got something to tell our listeners about. Uh, Vince, what can you tell our listeners about Philly Sports Trip's tailgate at the Navy Yard coming up for all Eagles home games? Well, yeah, it, it, guys, it's going to be completely insane. And if you're going to the Eagles game, you better come to the Navy Yard. It's going to be out of control in the absolute best way. And and here's the best part, because it's all you can eat and it's all you can drink. And the food is amazing. And we got all these craft beers because Bartridge's been literally running around all offseason just calling people and being like, hey, how would you like to give a bunch of Eagles fans free beer? And they're all like, <laughs> yes, we would like to do that. So uh, we, we've got everybody in the building. So once once you pay for that ticket, which right now it's eighty. $5. It's all you can eat, all you can drink, hanging out the gatehouse from 9 to noon, let's say, right. before a Sunday at 1 o'clock. Right. It, that's, it's not the best part, uh, the quality of all that shit, because three hours is insane. But parking is free in the Navy Yard, guys. Wow, it's free. wow that's a beautiful it's, thing. It's free parking in South Philly, a 10-minute walk from the stadium. It's out of control, so oh. you can park for free, and then you're basically putting that money towards all you can eat and drink, which is absolutely insane, it's and a the steal. best deal you're going to get. It's going to be amazing, and it's important to note, Tech, that I will be DJing these events. Yes, sir. That's right. I cannot wait to play hip-hop at 9 in the morning Woo! outside really loud. It's so going to be excited. awesome, man. I'm so glad that we could get you. Obviously, like last year, we did everything at Henry James, and, and we still love John and everybody over there. But, we, you know, with Philly sports trips and where everything is, we had to be there amongst all the people at the tailgate. So that's what we're going to do this year. And, yeah, the fact that you can be there, man, it's going to be so much fun this year. It's going to be amazing. Whole other level, Vince. Whole other level. Our listeners can find Vince and his partner, John Barchard, of course, at Bell and the Birdmen. 
Find them on all the podcast platforms all you can possibly imagine. Bell yes. and the Birdmen. Uh, we really appreciate the time. The birds talk, and we'll be discussing uh, a victory on Monday night, hopefully. Here, Vince. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm going to watch that Minnesota game again. I got to try to come up with some. I got to finagle some reasons why we're going to win this one. But, I like where yeah, your head's we're, at. We're see what happens, man. Because <laughs> it's important to remind everyone that in 2017, you picked the Vikings to beat Nick yeah. Foles and the Eagles in the <laughs> NFC title yeah. game. He'll never maybe, that. maybe that's all I need to do is pick the Vikings again and we'll be fine. I, yeah. I, I think the logic holds up there. I'm going that route. <laughs> I'm yeah. going that All route. Right. I'm, I'm going to go hard on the Vikings this week. I think that's the only way to play. Oh, boy. The one and only Vince Quinn. Vince, thanks a lot, brother. Absolutely. Good talking with you, fellas. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Numbers don't lie. Look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Numbers do not lie. We're back. We're back, Tech. It's and a it's, new year. It's, it is a new year, and it's important to note, this is our 80th episode. Yeah. So thank we, you, brother. We, yes, thank you. Hey, listen, we've gone 80 episodes, and we've gone through this far into the 80th episode without mentioning it's our 80th episode. That sounds typical of us. <laughs> yes, it sounds does. typical. So we are back as expected with our first installment of the 2022 NFL season. Numbers don't lie. One of my favorite segments, obviously. Oh yeah, of all time. Because I write it. As usual, I'll highlight all the Eagles that appear on the next-gen stats list for the fastest ball carriers, the fastest sacks, improbable completions that were completed, incredible yards after the catch, and of course, my favorite category because of Miles' remarkable rushes. Yep, and we know Miles Sanders is on this list. We just know it. Well, we we do know that. (laughs) We We have birds on every one of these lists this week, except for fastest sacks, since we didn't really generate much pressure. No, there was no sacks. In Detroit, which was surprisingly. (laughs) I think they were credited with one, actually. Was that a sack? I think it was credited on the stat sheet. All right. They gave him a half each or something. All right. So I'll start with fastest ball carriers. And who else but our guy Jalen Hurts to appear on this list? With the 8th fastest clock speed across the entire league this week, with his 16-yard rush up the middle in the first quarter, Jalen hit 20.5 miles per hour, only .96 miles per hour slower than this week's fastest ball carrier tech, Chase Claypool Wow! of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, they look good. They did. I was surprised not to see Miles on this list because we usually see him here as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's important to note, tech, Philly native and Lions lead back, DeAndre Swift is on this list. At number 12, with his 50-yard rush right out the gate, which touched 20.19 miles per hour. Swift is a Philly guy. You know, played at Frankfurt High School, so. He is, but mid-game, what's, what's with Natalie Eganoff tweeting, oh, I'm happy to claim him either way. It's like, read the room. We're yeah, mid-game well, here. Natalie has become more and more irrelevant as time has gone on. <laughs> I'll just say that. I don't think we're, we're never going to be reaching out to her to be on the show anyway, so no, I don't really no. care anyway. Right. I hear um, you on that. Sorry, but not sorry, I guess. <laughs> Even though no Eagles appeared in the top 20 fastest sacks department for week one, I should know that the fastest sack of week one belonged to Dolphin strong safety Brandon Jones, who blew up Patriots quarterback 
Mac Jones <laughs> in 2.13 seconds. Tech, this is Jones on Jones Crime. Yes, it is. Unbelievable. Jones on Jones Crime. <laughs> Next, a category that Jalen Hurts appeared in back in week one of last season as well. Improbable completions. Oh. Hurts' 54-yard bomb, beautifully thrown and dropped into the waiting arms of A.J. Brown, yes. came in as the sixth most improbable completion of the week with a 24.5% completion likelihood. Okay. Believe it or not, Tech, Carson Wentz owns two of the top five most improbable completions in week one. He owns the third and the fifth most improbable, with one going to Terry McLaurin, only a 21% likelihood of completion, and one to rookie Jahan Dotson, with only a 23.7% completion likelihood. killing bastard. Carson is three in the top 20 this week, most of any quarterback in the league. And I told you he'd account for four TDs last week, Tech. You did. He threw four. I was very upset. The, the most improbable pass of the week, though, was thrown by Jameis Winston. Oh, another guy I can't stand. It's for, he's eating W's, <laughs> but they ain't an L. His 40-yard pass to Jarvis Landry in the fourth quarter versus the Falcons had just a 19.6% completion likelihood. Remarkable throws, all of them, yeah. when you look at them. My favorite category is next tech, incredible yak. That along with remarkable rushes. <laughs> with AJ Brown, we are now elite in that department. He came in Finally. as eighth on this list across the entire league, gaining 13 yards above the expected yardage on his 54 yard grab. Believe it or not, though, teammate Dallas Goddard landed at fifth on this list with his 22 yard grab in the third versus the Lions. Nice. Dallas gained 15 yards above the expected yardage. But tops in the league was Bronco receiver Jerry Judy, who had a long 67-yard catch and run from Russell Wilson. And 39 of those yards, Next Gen is saying he should not have gotten. Uh, Notable to mention, Tech, you'll like this one. (laughs) Nelson Aguilar, seventh on this list this week. Gaining 13 yards above the expected yardage, just like A.J. Brown did. He performed just like A.J. Brown did. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm not serious. Alligator arm. How ironic the league can be. Yes. (laughs) Lastly, Tech, the remarkable rush category, as mentioned, one that our guy Miles is no stranger to, making almost weekly appearances when healthy on this list in the NFL. He should get. We should get Coach Scrap on again soon. His youth football coach. Oh yeah, we should have Scrap Scrap. on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Miles landed at fifth on this list, gaining 24 yards on a carry that Next Gen Computer said he should have gained zero. I remember that run, yes, too. Yes, great run. Great run. I mean, just all vision and, and explosiveness is all that is. Yep. And he has both of those, and that's key. The health has been his issue. Yeah. One thing's for sure, though, Tech. Saquon Barkley, his former college teammate at Penn State, back to Saquon Barkley, man. Temporarily. We'll see how long I don't know. Is. He came in at number one and number six this week <laughs> on the remarkable rush list, and I got a feeling that's going to be a weekly thing for Saquon. Yeah. Saquon gained 60 yards over the expected amount. He's supposed to gain eight, and he gained 68. That's just ridiculous. Yep. A lot of guys, and against the Titans, against the AFC playoff team. I could not believe the in outcome their of that building. Game. I couldn't believe it. They're going to bounce back this week against the Bills, though, and cover. They're, right. they're 10-point underdogs. I think they covered a 10, lose by less than 10, because they got embarrassed by the Giants. Right. Um, that wasn't a pick that I have in a segment. Okay. Just worth noting. Okay. So DeAndre Swift, though, is third on this list with uh, his 50-yard run against the Birds. So the big 50-yard scamper against the Birds landed on two Ooh. next-gen lists this week. Yeah, oh, man. Overall, nice showing for our skill guys, Tech. I mean, they scored the second-most points in the league this week. Yep. And sports books around the world now estimate that the Philadelphia Eagles have the fourth-best fourth odds to win the Super Bowl. 
And that is amazing. You know why it's that? Know why it is? Because they can see where this team is going to mature to. Yeah. Because you came out and looked pretty good offensively without much real game practice at all. Yeah. And your defense they'll tighten up. They're not going to allow 35 points most of the time. I don't think they they're will. they're going to tighten it up. So I think that's why. I think the sports books are always they're looking at the future. That's what they're trying to predict. Yeah. And they're predicting that the Eagles will significantly continue to improve and that makes me feel good because we kind of feel the same way. And we didn't even mention the whole show that Dak Prescott's out for a month. Out for a month. What a terrible. I mean, they weren't going to beat anybody that game, the Cowboys. No, no. Oh. Tech numbers don't lie. It's time for Prem's Picks. These games are a blowout, a human lot. You can bet your children's unborn children on these games. Prem's Picks. Good. Hey, listen. That was a good first NFL week good start. for you. Good start. I went 4-1-1. One, and one. Yeah. Which I'll break down for my parlay items. I hit on the following. The Birds, of course, beat the Lions straight up. Yep. Josh Allen indeed threw over one and a half touchdowns. Tremendous. Three. The Ravens easily covered six and a half points against New York, winning by 15. Yep. And the Jags and Commanders combined for more than five TDs with six in the game. There you go. So I hit some good ones, and I also fattened my bank account, tripled my money this week on my on my picks. I missed on the over for the Chargers-Raiders game, which surprised me. Hmm. It was only 52 and a half. The tally was 43. And I got the tie because I had the Colts to beat the Texans, and they tied. So there's my tie. That was a surprise. Very much surprising and weird. And yeah. uh, I was watching, like, thinking to myself, Matt Ryan just looks bewildered. Yeah. He just looks strange. bewildered and, and, and lost. Just a strange NFL week one overall. It but really was. For guys like Matt Ryan, it shouldn't it's have been. inexplicable. But, hey, it's a week yeah. one occurrence. So here we are, strong out the gate, four out of five correct with the tie. Here are week two's parlay locks. Locks. Tech, I'll start with the three of me picking the winners. Okay. Give me the Browns at home hosting the Jets to cover five and a half points. <laughs> the Browns are an average football team. But I never knew that a Brown is a, a a elf. I never knew it. Is that what that means? It's it's Brownie the Elf. Did, you didn't know it either, huh? That's what they're named after? Yes. I thought well, it was a dog. They're an original NFL franchise, I believe. Brownie the Elf. Elves. That's what Browns are. Well, I, I like the Elves at home this week in their home <laughs> opener. They got a nice road win against their former QB, Baker Mayfield, in Carolina. That was a tight game, too. Yeah, Two point win. I'm, I'm surprised at Baker. I'm shaking the finger at Baker. Yeah, they're going to be okay, though. I think they're going to win some games in Carolina. Um, the Browns will run the rock, and Brissett is just he, he's a, Brissett is an efficient veteran. Yeah. He's just an efficient veteran quarterback. The line's very low to me. I could see the Browns winning this by 10 points. I don't think the Jets are going to score much. <laughs> um, so take it all. Browns minus five and a half. Lock. Lock. Next, Tech. This is crazy to me. The Steelers are somehow home underdogs versus the Patriots after going to Cincy and knocking off the AFC champs. How Mike Tomlin is a dog in his home opener against yeah. the Patriots with Mac Jones I don't get is that. hard to understand. So I'll take the Steelers outright to yes. hand Mac and Bill their second loss on the early season. This is like an easy pick this week yep, for me. I, I, I know agree. it's Mitch Trubisky. And I know it's Bill Belichick's defense. I get it. But it's in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And their defense is going to absolutely dominate the Patriots. This is an absolute like. no-brainer. I feel like the Patriots struggle to score 14 points in this game. Yep. They struggled to score seven against the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. Dolphins are good. So, that's my second pick. Steelers straight up. Lock. Lock. 
Third pick is also a head-scratcher tech. The Seahawks are 10-point underdogs in San Francisco after knocking off Russell Wilson and a better Broncos offense. Right. I, I, that might have been fluky, though. And, and, and That's why the line is 10, and, <laughs> so, the, and, the, and the Niners are trying to bounce back from a tough loss. Some bad some bad decision-making uh, on, on the part of the Broncos for kicking that field goal. Yeah, I, to I get agree. That field. I mean, I agree. It was, but I there think, were some head scratching moments in that game. I think Geno Smith does enough to cover ten points, maybe against a Niners team that still does have like a rookie quarterback. Yeah, and George Kittle might not even play again. True. I, I just think that if San Francisco wins, they win like 27-20. Okay. Twenty three sixteen. Okay. Not a ten point W. I like no. the the Seahawks to cover plus ten lock. Now on to my favorite part, the statistics picks tech. Two of three in this category last week I hit. And even, like I said, hit a five-leg parlay on FanDuel where 25 paid back 700. There you go. Not bad. Not a bad day at the office. No. So I'll take the under in the Bengals-Cowboys game. It's 43 and a half points. I don't see the Cowboys scoring 15 in this one. Cooper Rush. They could barely get more than three. I do <laughs> they got see three points. I do see the Bengals winning, but they didn't exactly blow it up last week either. No, but Burrow's going to bounce back. Burrow's going to bounce back. I still think they win this game something like twenty-three to seven or thirty to ten. I think that forty-three and a half is going to stay under. I think you take the under forty-three and a half. Bengals, I, Cowboys. I agree with that. Lock. Lock. Next tech, give me Travis Kelsey to score a TD. He's minus 145 to score a TD, which means $145 bet pays you 100 bucks if he just scores a TD. Yeah. That's a no-brainer. He scored last week. He's always the number one option for Mahomes in the red zone. Yep. It's on prime time against the Chargers. This is a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer bet, and this will juice up any parlay you got with some obvious winners, and you throw any time touchdown scorer in there, Travis yeah. Kelsey, and then put one upset on there. Yeah. You're, you're paying out a really nice bet for, for little money, for little money. Yeah. And it's for fun. It's all recreational, and it's beautiful because it's just recreational. Nevertheless, Kelsey's going to score a TD. Lock. Lock. My last pick of the week, Tech, is a unique one, but it's a fun one. You can bet on overall points scored in a quarter. Uh And I like the under. In the first quarter of the Bears-Packers game, the under is 8.5 points. So combined, there can't be more than 9 points scored in the first quarter. I don't think the Bears score in the first quarter. (laughs) And I think that the Packers score a TD, and then the Bears get the ball back, and I I think time runs out for the Packers to score again in the first quarter. And I didn't think that uh I didn't think that Ed Rodgers looked too good. And the no. Bears corners and he's definitely the ba- the Bears not corners, on the same page with the wide receivers. No, if the Bears have a strength it's their secondary. Yeah. And their front a little bit. So I think that it's gonna be like a slow starting NFC North game. Okay. I think you could have like a three nothing first quarter or Maybe. seven it, it seven could, nothing it, first it quarter. It could be six to three or, or seven to three, it which could, would blow it could that be. up. It could be. This is this is a tough one, but I like it just for the slow start and there's a fifty percent chance of rain in Green Bay, heavy okay. rain. I'm looking at the weather as well. And could that, be a that slow ca- start. could be a slow start. That's what I think. So give me that the under in the first quarter of the Bears Packer game, under eight and a half. Lock. Lock. Tech, we're going to recap real quick. We have the Browns covering five and a half at home against the Jets. Lock. We have the Steelers beating the Patriots as home dogs. Lock. We have the Seahawks covering 10 points in San Francisco to not lose by 10. Lock. Travis Kelsey to score a TD. Lock. Bengals Cowboys under 43 and a half points. Lock. First quarter under in the Bears Packers game, eight and a half combined. Lock. This has been. 
the second edition of Prem's NFL Picks. See you next week. Vet alumni.